All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. And we are back doing our second Moon Knight-themed episode. Uh, we took a one-week break, but we're going to be back on our bi-weekly schedule moving forward from now. Uh, we basically did that just so we could cover more evenly the show that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, our subject matter for today is we're going to be finishing the Jeff Lemire run, uh, the 2016 run on Moon Knight. Uh, we're going to be reading the final uh, nine issues of that. And then we are going to discuss episodes, uh, I believe it was three, four, wait, two, two three, and four, four yeah. of the show, which yep. we have not gotten to yet. Uh, we've gotten to go a little deeper into that. Uh, and then we'll be back in two weeks to discuss, um, we're going to start reading the uh, the current run on Moon Knight. We're going to read maybe the first arc of that because it's not over yet. We can't read the whole thing. Ah. We're going to probably read the first story in there just to see where Moon Knight is at right now. And then we will discuss the final two episodes of the Moon Knight show and see where that ended up. Um, we were pretty positive about the show when we talked about it last week. I don't know if I'm going to have be as positive this time, but yeah. I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to discuss that towards the end of the episode. Uh, again, if it's your first time, I mean, probably go back and listen to at least the last one um, <laughs> and then join us here. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, uh, we usually try to describe the comics as we go, so you don't have to read the book necessarily. Uh, but we will uh, fill you in on the deets. Our plan for after that, I'm not sure if we've discussed yet. Do we know of any? I guess the Doctor Strange is soon. Yeah, we could do. We haven't, we haven't done any Doctor Strange yet. That's true. Um, yeah, not on, not on its own. Right. So we could do that, and actually, that opens the window because there's a few characters in that movie where we could discuss. Uh, we could read a Doctor Strange book, obviously. Yeah. Or we could read um, Young Avengers, which has uh, America Chavez because she's going to have her debut in that movie as well. Oh yeah. Um. Or we could read a Scarlet Witch book, but they, we tried that once and we didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't think that's our character. Yeah, probably But not. that's okay. You don't have to like every character. Oh, yeah. Um, but I would love to do a uh, maybe a Young Avengers, because that's only 12 issues and I fucking love that book. So that was the Gillen one, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Gillen and um, why am I blanking on the artist, even though they're one of my favorites. Uh, and uh, art by Jamie McKelvey. We could read that. Um, that's got, uh, Kid Loki, uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye, which we never got to discuss. Oh, yeah. Uh, because we, that show was something. <laughs> um, uh, and, and a pretty good lineup of characters. Uh, one of them is, uh, Marvel Boy, who I believe is a Grant Morrison creation. Oh, okay. Uh, so you can get your first taste of that weird-ass character, who I love. Interesting. Um, that, so we might do that. That might be an option. Or, you know, we could always read Doctor Strange, which is what you'd probably expect us to do. Um, I guess we could read Triumph and Torment, if you haven't read that before. Have you read Triumph and Torment? No. It's the Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange book. Mike Mignola does the art. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember I was going to start that, but I never yeah, got it's, around uh, to it. written by David Stern and Mike Mignola, uh, actually. Because that's the, the one art. where Doom's trying to be like Sorcerer Supreme, right? Uh, no, that's the one where um, Dr. Doom enlists Dr. Strange to help him rescue his mother from hell. Oh, Right. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It's yeah, it's really cool. It was actually a tradition <laughs> they used to do at Marvel, where like they would like I, I don't remember if it was every year, but it was like a general kind of thing where there would be team ups between the two of them to rescue, literally to rescue his mother's soul. Like this story's been told before, huh? Um, but this is one of the more famous ones, uh, just because it's uh, really good and the art is amazing. You rarely get to see Mike Bignola on a big two book. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, so that might be our plan moving forward after this. I know Doctor Strange will be out by then. I think. Yeah, I think it's because it's early, early May. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll be a little bit late, but who gas? Um, so that is our plan. Uh, without further ado, we can go ahead and get started. Since we're on a part two, we can just jump right into it. Uh, like I said, we're going to be reading Moon Knight number six through number uh, fifteen. 
or 14. Uh, this is the uh, conclusion of the run uh, by Jeff Lemire uh, with a, uh, a team of artists on this as well because the art style purposely changes throughout this, especially this part of the book. It was yeah. doing it before, too, yeah, but espe- especially now. Um, because each perspective of uh, each personality basically has their own art style. Um, and we got a, a peek of that last time as well. Um, so the artists I'll go through here. We have uh, Wilfredo Torres, uh, Francesco Francavilla, uh, and we have uh, James Stucco, who we uh, talked about last time. We did a book, uh, his alien book, Dead Orbit, uh, a while ago, which is really good. I recommend that. Um, but these artists are each going to represent like something going on. Like it kind of keeps cutting between these alternate realities. Yep. Um, because I mean, it's pretty clear once you get done with like the first issue that something's still going on in Mark's mind. Like Kanshu is still fucking with him. Yep. Um, because the last run ended with the seeming conclusion where he kind of kills Kanshu and then or that kills himself yep. and gets Kanshu out of his mind. Yep. And I think uh, Lemire wrote it that way on purpose, probably because he didn't know if this was going to be brought back or not. Yeah. Yeah. So that gives you an end. Ending, whether like even if not the ending you want in the end it gives you something <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly uh so i think once the book got picked up again now lemire can go back and finish the rest of the story which gets really good here it starts out with uh stephen grant uh as, as a movie director uh he's directing like his own moon knight movie and we have like an actor like uh who actually is mark specter yeah uh because again we're in an alternate kind of uh reality here um uh, the actor quote unquote mark specter is playing moon knight and kind of on on set fighting against like a very classical uh moon knight type villain and we get marlene in here as well who's like his his wife kind of talking to him like you know what's going on why you keep saying and she keeps accidentally calling him mark yeah which is the first sign of reality breaking we (laughs) have here because mark is uh is here like on set but she keeps calling him mark and i i love i think my favorite of all the art styles i mean i love james deco art um that's for sure but i really like the the art for uh uh, J- uh, uh, Jake Lockley's part of it. Oh yeah, it's just like very especially color the colors. Yeah, spe- I was gonna say especially the colors. It's really really good, and it kind of like evokes this kind of like '80s kind of like Frank Miller Batman Daredevil kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it- it's really good. And uh, Crawley shows up again, which is another another kind of reality breaking moment we have where, and he actually remembers like he kind of yeah. talks lucidly to him. Uh, and he's like, hey, I gave up my soul to Anubis. Like, are you going to do something about that? <laughs> he's like, oh, man, if, if you're, like, still confused and it probably didn't work. I, I, I kind of did that for nothing, didn't I? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> the kicker, too, is they actually end up going back to the hospital where the uh, where the whole uh, kind of first arc took place. Except now it's from a different perspective. Now they're there to film a movie. And they're kind of, like, you know, making friends with all the people there, including all the people we met last time. And, like, the two uh, nurses who had, uh, he kept beating up. Yeah, they're, like, waiters. Yeah, now they're waiters. <laughs> the cool part too is we cu- we cut last time to like this kind of like space battle version of Mark Spector where he's like a space pilot, mm-hmm. and they cut back to that a lot, and it, it always looks fucking amazing. Yeah, the art is awesome. Yeah, it's really really good, <laughs> uh, and, and the theme of it's dope too because he. he like the artist probably got to have a lot of fun just like drawing like werewolf versus spaceship combat. Yeah, it's like space werewolves fighting moon base like protectors. Like it's awesome, and, and it brings up some interesting parts as well too. Like there's a part where like the spaceship crashes. And it, it cuts immediately to Jake Lockley, who is now crashing his taxi. Yep. And so there's these kind of like melding moments where things kind of overlap as well. And the whole reason this is all still happening is this basically the same motivation we got last time. It's because Kanshu is trying to break him down so that Kanshu is the only one who can pick him back up. Mm. It's a very abusive thing that he's doing to try to become like the only avatar. Um, but it, so the first couple issues are like this. It's issues like six, seven, and eight are all jumping between these different personalities. And we have these moments, like I mentioned, where you, they kind of like cut 
in between each other. Like there's a moment where like the Midnight Man has like Marlene at knife point, and then it instant like like cuts to the movie. Yeah, and so these there's really really good transitions between the three, but it all kind of culminates when they all kind of like become lucid. Like there's a, a panel where they're all just like yelling like no and grabbing their heads, uh, and then it ends up uh, all of them walking through this door. And then we go right back to the Greg Smallwood art, who uh, who wasn't in, in in doing the art for a while because he represents his art represents the uh, the sandy New York, yeah, which was uh, quote unquote the reality that he saw when he became lucid in the other vision. So there's a lot of layers of like lies and illusions going on here. You got to kind of sift through. Oh yeah. Um, but it, it's a really cool moment where like uh, the the issue ends where all three of these personalities: Mark Spector, Moon Knight, Mark Spector, Space Knight, and then. Um, uh, Stephen Grant, they all walk through these doors and end up in Greg Smallwood art. So uh, all of the artists get, or Greg Smallwood especially gets to draw all of them. And then you get uh, Mr. Knight just kind of standing across from them like, hey, fellas, time to team up. <laughs> it's a really cool moment there. I like that a lot. Yeah, it kind of comes sure. out of nowhere after three issues. Yep. Yeah, you almost kind of forget that that existed and just jump right back in. Yeah, I figured we would never go back there when I first yep. read this because that art concluded. Now we're in something new. So going back there was really cool. Yeah. Especially because I love Greg Smallwood art. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> There's a, a cool part, too, for those who like, you know, like little bits of Marvel lore where uh, Space Mark Spectre gives like the background of like hit, uh, like where it came for him and he talks about like this uh super virus that turned everyone into werewolves and like uh the avengers and the x-men also turned into werewolves which i really wish we could see right because <laughs> i would love to see just like a ray gun cyclops werewolf yeah for real be really good uh and because all of them are basically being confronted like your lives aren't real you're a construct here created in my mind moments ago um and you're obviously having existential crises Although the uh, I I just flipped forward and I remember that the uh, the space moon knight is not long for this world. Oh yeah, uh, he 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 poofs pretty much right away. Yeah, he's like, wait, no, I want to go back to werewolf world. <laughs> the moon base needs my help. Yeah, and it's a freaky location because he, he's he, when he evaporates, like he's not real, but like as yeah. he's evaporating, he's like, help me! <laughs> yeah, it's it really horrifying. Dusted. Um, but there is a, a good moment like once those two are gone, like Moon Knight and Space Knight. Um, there's a moment where like Mister Knight and Steven are talking, and they because he tells Steven like, oh, I know you, I've known you the long. Like, mm-hmm. I know you very well. Uh, and they kind of have this this heart-to-heart where uh, it's like, you're a creation, you're here to help me, but, like, I'm with you. Like, we're together in this because we help each other. And it, it, it's kind of, I, I like these moments when uh, that you get in Moon Knight where the personalities get to talk to each other. They do yeah. that a lot in the show, maybe overdoing it in the show. Yeah. But you can make really good moments like this where, because uh, Stephen Grant... Uh, it's weird because they know they're the same person. Like they know they're the same body, the same wants and emotions for, in a way. Um, even though one of them might not always be there, and he's he's basically saying his goodbyes to Stephen, thinking he's going to be gone. And Stephen's last request is like, just find a way to be happy. Like yeah. if you don't need me, that's great. That's that's probably the goal. Yeah. But just find a way to be happy. Yeah. So it's a, re- a really good moment, and the issue ends with like them having this big hug, and I love it. Right. Yeah. It's a great moment. Uh, and then, of course, oh, sorry, that's not how the issue ends. The issue ends with a really good page of him adjusting his ties, like, time to kill Khonshu. <laughs> um, and, and as much as I love the other art, like, I, I'm beaming about pretty much all the artists on this book. I, I really, really, really enjoy the Smallwood one. That's probably my favorite. Definitely, yeah. Um, the issue, the next issue opens up with some really good backstory for uh, Mark Spector as well, which is the history of Moon Knight as we've seen. I mean, we read the first couple issues of the 80s run. It's changed a, a number of times throughout history. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this is what they're going to go with for a while. Uh, Jeff Lemire is kind of like putting this out here, being like, no, here's the definitive story. Here's what happened. And it's probably the 
the better of any of the takes because yeah. it actually like addresses this as like an actual mental illness that real people have. Yeah, and it's definitely like the most hashed out or like curated. Right. Cuz like in the original run as we found out like the whole thing is described as Mark Spector like pretending to be other people until eventually he loses his mind yeah. and like starts thinking that he is these other people which is not how DID works. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but this uh, shows a little bit better of a shot of it here. Um, and you get some backstory as to who Mark is personally, too. You know, his father was a rabbi, so he kind of goes in with a lot of that uh, pressure on him as well. Mm. Um, but the the opening scene is really cool because it shows him with chalk on the ground drawing, like, uh, spaceships and, like, uh, kind of, like, uh, astronauts and, like, sci-fi stuff fighting space werewolves. Yeah. So you get the origin of where that came from in his head. Yeah. Uh, as a childhood fantasy. And this person comes up to talk to him, this other kid, and he's like, what are you drawing? Like, oh, this is cool. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm Stephen Grant. Mm-hmm. And so it's completely from his perspective, this imaginary friend that he has. And they're, uh, they're talking to each other. And, you know, he's like showing him his toys. They're having a really good time. Um, he's like, here, you can borrow this one. And then while he's talking, his dad comes in and sees him talking to himself. So that's where the, uh, the origin of Stephen Grant is. It's from when he was a very little kid. Uh, so Stephen, that's why he said earlier in the last issue, I've known you the longest yeah, exactly. for a very long time. Yeah. Yep. This is a new addition as well to the Moon Knight lore, where uh, Khonshu appears to him very, very early as a kid as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you see Mark kind of like behind a door, like at this uh, at this doctor's office, and his dad is talking to the doctor about like what 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 what's, what's going on with him, and he's kind of trying to listen through the door. And this is a moment where I want to compliment the letterer too, because oh, yeah. I don't I've never seen this done for a muffled conversation, but this is such a cool way to do it. Um, and I'm going to call out the letter as well because I just realized I didn't do it with the creative team. Uh, letters by VC's Corey Pettit. Uh, so what they do here that's really cool is it shows Mark as a kid like listening in through the door and the text bubble. It, they started out with just like all of the text in the text bubble, and then they kind of start to like white out some of it, like yeah. uh, literally fading it out. So you can only make out like some of the words and parts of like almost the whole part of some of the words. Yeah, it's like a printer on low ink. It's exactly like that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, so I just really want to call that out because that's fantastic lettering. I love the way they do that. Yeah, me too. Um, but then yeah, it shows Kanshu like uh, catching him like listening in, and uh, he's like, "Oh, don't worry. Like I'm with you, kid. I'm gonna be your friend forever." Yeah. Uh, and it's a creepy moment because that means like Kanshu had some premonition as well. Because the the part like this isn't like where he becomes Moon Knight. Like that's way later when he's mm. a mercenary, gets killed in Egypt, and then falls in front of the tomb. That that all still happened. They're not retconning that. Yeah. So this just means that Kanshu knew that would happen mm. and is planting the seeds early, which is very creepy, but also very godlike. So I like that take. Yeah, definitely. And it's creepy too because like Stephen Grant, it was like his friend. He's like his imaginary friend, but this is like a fucking bird man with a bird skull. <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying. And, like as he's hugging his dad, Kanshu's in the back, like. I'm waiting. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, when we cut back to the uh, the Sandy New York, uh, back to the Greg Smallwood art, we um, actually, Greg Smallwood does all the art on this. Yep. I just realized. He, even the flashbacks. That's pretty cool. Oh, another thing I want to call it with the letters since we just talked about it. Uh, the way we didn't talk about this last week either, but the way that Khonshu talks is not in text bubbles unless you see him. Yeah. If it's in Mark's mind. It's just text on the on the page, like on the panel. Yeah. Also really good lettering right there. I want to call that out too. Yeah, it's just like super like runic typing. Yeah, in like the lettering. font as well, yeah. Um, but we do we do catch up with Crawley, and he is, of course, still with Anubis. Uh, and Anubis is, is kind of like pissed at him. He's like, this guy never shuts up. Can yeah. you please take him? 
It's like, listen, if you uh, if you dive through the cosmos and rescue my wife, like you can have him back. <laughs> yeah, he's just getting a free favor out of it, even though it feels like he wanted to get rid of Crawley. Anyway. Yeah, it's kind of a win-win for Anubis. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, so Anubis basically gives him this. This it's kind of like a quest. Yeah. He's like, listen, I'll give you what you want, but you got to help me first. My wife is is imprisoned, and I want you to free her. Well, he doesn't even mention that. He, he doesn't says, mention that. He's like, he's like, you'll know it when you see it. And yeah. It ends up being his wife. Yeah. Like, if you get in there into this place, you'll know. Because we saw earlier that Khonshu does have some of the gods imprisoned. Yep. So that 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 will figure out as well. Because I believe it was um, uh, Set who he had imprisoned mm-hmm. before. So it makes sense he'd have the other ones too. And I would be remiss if I don't call out this full page spread here, um, because you know Mister Knight is, is just instantly like, sure, I'll help you, whatever it takes. Like, try me. I, I'm I'm Mister Knight. I can do whatever the fuck you want me to. Yeah. Um. And so he instantly dives in, and it's this really good uh, spread page of Mark like diving through the co- like mental cosmos essentially, and as he dives, this trail like left behind him is just these very scattered images of his life as they're all kind of like playing behind him. Yeah. Uh, with kind of like text bubbles as well of him like in a mental hospital like as a kid it, it, so it's like very good backstory that you don't see but it you know it happens um and I, I believe these are things that actually i don't believe these are flashbacks of the hospital that was in his mind before i think these are flashbacks of him as a kid yeah yeah because the, the artwork looks much younger even though you can barely kind of see his face um and when we get there the reason why this looks so trippy is because he is actually going to the other void um, the other void, as we learned uh, on, on last week's episode, is the place where these uh, Egyptian gods come from. Like, they don't see themselves as Egyptian gods. They were gods who visited during yeah. that time and then eventually decided to fuck off. Um, but they are from this place called the other void, which is another dimension, you know, like parallel with ours. And it, the issue ends with like this, uh, this kind of like Egyptian looking person on this uh, with like ancient kind of Egyptian uh, gold uh, ornaments uh, on this like giant like bug scarab yeah. like on the moon. So it's like very sci-fi themed as well, which I think is cool. Yep. Yeah. The start of the next issue is him like jousting on the giant dragonflies. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> um, but I do really, really like the um, like as cool as this other void stuff is and as, as good as it looks, I really, really appreciate the flashbacks because this is if this was your first moon night book as it was for me when i first read it this is like all you really need to know is yeah. what they're laying out here yeah definitely because um, as it cuts between these really cool space fights that really you just i mean i can't describe them well enough so go read this book <laughs> um it, it cuts between that like it cuts to his his father's funeral and you know, he kind of has this resentful outlook on it like oh i'm glad he's probably you know, glad to be done with me. Like I'm out of out of his hair finally. Mm-hmm. And then it, kind of like this resentment towards that kind of prompts him to run away and uh, uh, join the military, which he kind of like lies about his uh, his mental health to, yeah. to get in because they wouldn't have admitted him. Yeah. Um, and there's there's this scene where like they find Mark uh, like you know with his with his you know army crew like out in uh, Afghanistan and he's just out in the middle of the desert like naked just staring at the moon. It's like, oh, I'm just going for a walk. Yeah, and, and you, and Mark, uh, Khonshu is talking to him. He's like, Mark, can you hear me? As he stares at the moon, it's very cool. Um, and yeah, the soldiers find him, and it's like, Mark, you're standing in a minefield naked. What the fuck? <laughs> That's a problem. Uh, and so yeah, his uh, his commander basically discharges him because they they look into it and they find out that he does have a history of of uh, mental health issues, and so he gets discharged from the army. Although um, Mark doesn't like take the plane home like they tell him he's, he's going to go back and they'll he's going to catch the first plane back to the states mm-hmm. um he actually ends up running away and uh becoming a mercenary he never he never leaves the uh, the continent and so the next thing we get of him is in this like fight ring where he's like you know just underground fighting you know beating the shit out of people um where he does finally get a job and we meet uh frenchy the, yep. the first interact the new canonical kind of uh 
a history of Frenchie here is introduced where he sees him at the fighting ring and is like, hey, if you're looking for work, uh, I got you. Because mm-hmm. it, it's established that Frankie is already a mer- or Frankie. Frenchie is already <laughs> a mercenary here. Uh, and we get the uh, the brutal history of, you know, like what uh, Mark was like as a mercenary. We see him like going on missions and we get introduced to uh, actually they, they keep this. They keep Bushman from the uh, from the first issue. Yeah, because it's the same exact character. Yep. Because um, in the first issue of Moon Knight that we read, it basically shows the origin of, of Moon Knight is almost kind of as we're seeing it here but only a part of it a little bit yeah yeah because it's he's just pitched as this normal ass mercenary dude he's mercenary gi joe pretty much uh and then there's this evil bushman who is you know the the mustache twirling villain who is of course the one who kills everyone yeah Uh, but they give him a little more depth here because they should they paint him as this uh they kind of show a little bit more of what he's like as a mercenary and they show his office too which is just filled with skulls yeah we do have marlene in this as well she's uh in the show, she's replaced by uh, Layla, yeah. but the backstory is almost entirely the same. Yep. Um, it shows like her and her dad as archaeologists um, kind of at a dig site, and that's when Bushman and that's when Mark Spector come by. Bushman kills Marlene's father, and then Mark Spector like, goes to punch him, which is when Mark, Mark dies as well, yep. a quote-unquote. Um, and that's when, and then, again, this is all rehashing of the first issue, right? At this point, we're we're pretty much uh, done with the stuff he's changing, and we're going into the stuff that we already know. Yeah. Um. So that's when they kind of stop the flashback there. What's going on in, in the alternate reality is, uh, again, we talked over it because it was a lot of just really good art. It's a lot of kind of action sequences of him going through the other void, and he teams up with uh, the, the the classical Moon Knight as well in that instance. Yeah. But he, he ends up getting back and saving Crawley, and Crawley's going to go with him uh, to help him uh, take out Khonshu, and he's like, Crawley, no. I don't know what you're expecting to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, you chill here, Crawley. I'm no, not he's gonna... like, please, call me Mr. Knight. Yeah, I, lo- I love that every time. <laughs> right. Because that's why it upsets me that uh, Mr. Knight is not a personality in the show. I know. That's one of my... We'll talk about the show in a minute, but yeah. that, that is upsetting. Because uh, that, that would be such a good moment to have that line, yeah, call me Mr. Sure. Knight. It's so good. Yeah, it'd, it'd so be good. better than bumbling frickin' Steven. But, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at me, I sting like a bee. Oh my god. Laters. Uh, Laters gators. <laughs> yeah, I hate their version of Mr. Knight. I wish it wasn't just Steven. Yeah, it's literally... Uh... Cause it does you get you get a cooler moment than when Mr. Knight turns around, straightens his tie, and says, "Call me Mr. Knight." Right. You don't get a cooler moment than no. that. <laughs> That's a layup. Yeah. That's sure. like a made-for-TV moment. How do you fuck that up? <laughs> God. Uh, but really cool art of um, Mark kind of going through the temple, which eventually turns into his brain, and then kind of like getting enveloped by it. <laughs> a really good panel of as he's getting kind of strangled by this brain, he starts to like punch his way out of it, uh, and kind of like emerging from this gooey brain. Uh, into this abandoned subway where we uh, where we left off. Um, we know this is kind of like on the border of the quote unquote mental hospital. Mm. And uh, it, it, there's a really good the way this issue ends is cutting between these two scenes, the flashback and the the current one. And Khonshu's talking over all of it. And I really like the lines he has here because it it pretty much completely emphasizes this abusive relationship between him and Khonshu, um, and like the way he's trying to break him down so that way he can be the only one to pull him up. Um, and it, it's again, it reflects what uh, I'm, I'm guessing these flashbacks are things that Mark is seeing because it seem, they seem specifically chosen to kind of get Mark to like turn against the other people in his life. Yeah, um, because it, you, they have the scene of him at the funeral where he's like, I'll, I'll bet you my dad is finally, you know, happy to be rid of me. Uh, and, and Khonshu touches on that again as he's uh, talking to him. He's like, you know, everyone around you, you know, they're, they're not your friends. They're not your allies. Like they don't want. You know, they don't want to hurt you, so they keep their distance from you. Hmm. Um, but, you know, they, they, they like you, but they don't want to be around you. And when you're gone, what he says is deep in their hearts, they'll be glad to finally be rid of you, which is exactly what he fears. Yeah. So if Khonshu, like, knows, like, his weaknesses and is 
specific uh, specifically twisting those. Oh yeah. Uh, but this time it doesn't it doesn't break him. He's like, no, I'm not listening to you, Kanchu. Fuck you. I'm here to kill you. Where the fuck are you? <laughs> right. Where's my money, bitch? <laughs> uh, and we get to the part two where because uh, Mark we we see Mark get shot by Bushman in the flashback, and then Frenchie just kind of looks at him sadly and flies off. Mm. Um, and Mar- and Mark is left in the desert with like a bullet wound in his head, and he sees Jake and uh, Stephen like there, and they're like, come on, like you got to keep moving, like we're so close, like come this way, and they actually guide him towards the the temple yeah so at this part i'm, I'm unsure if that is jake and and steven or if that's Kanchu putting them there or maybe they, they guide him there because he, he would die anyway yeah so even if probably going a to, little bit of both maybe. yeah because uh, they guide him to the temple that we see in the original moon knight run uh where we get the you know the statue of Kanchu that he dies in front of and Kanchu chooses him but in this in this instance of it like Kanchu is directly talking to him as he goes there um, and the the final confrontation, Kanchu, like I said, he's trying to turn his allies against him because he wants to be the only, you know, last remaining, you know, branch that he, he grabs onto on the way down. Um, and so he actually has these visions of all these people in his life, including Bushman, Frenchie, Marlene, and some characters who are from Moon Knight history, like the... Uh, I, I, they keep mentioning her, like the Scarlet Rider or something. She must be a classic yeah, Moon Knight no villain I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah. Um, but she she makes several appearances just as kind of like part of his uh, rogues gallery, essentially, is what she represents. Yeah. Um, but a, a really good final confrontation where they're on the roof uh, of the kind of mental hospital that he, he escaped to uh, at the end of the last arc. And he tells Kanshu, like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to let you ruin my life anymore. Like, I can still have a life. Like, I, I'm never going to be, like, completely healthy. But that doesn't mean I can't, like, you know, try to be happy. Yeah. And Kanshu's like, no, you can't do that. You need me. <laughs> and he just grabs onto his skull. He's like, no, Kanshu. I'm Mark Spector, I'm Stephen Grant, I'm Jake Lockley, and that's who we are. We're Moon Knight, and we never needed you. And as he says that, the fucking skull just shatters. It's right. really, really, really good. Yeah, it's a great page. And it just ends with Mark standing on top of a roof looking out at regular-ass New York, where presumably we're back in regular Marvel Universe. Yeah. Which is interesting, because this whole run never, ever, ever never. is in the Marvel Universe, except for right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a really good self-contained <laughs> book in that way, too, which I like. Yep. And Kanchu's like 100% gone, never coming back. Oh, never. No. <laughs> I'm sure he's very dead, oh, yeah. as gods tend to do. They die permanently. Right. Um, but that is where it ends. I mean, even though we say that, we joke about Kanchu not being dead. They do actually take this this part very seriously. The, the return of Kanchu yeah. is... Yeah, the return of Kanchu is a whole thing. Like, And in the run that takes place directly after this one, Kanchu is not there at all. Okay. Uh, it's just Moon Knight. Kanchu only comes back uh, recently, and Jason Aaron's the one who did it because he wanted the Kanchu war in the Avengers book. Oh, okay. And <laughs> <laughs> that's my reaction. <laughs> okay. Because he was like, ooh, what if the Avengers fought Kanchu and Moon Knight and all this stuff? Uh, but did you... I mean, do we have to? <laughs> he did, I mean, he did the same thing in his Avengers book with the Phoenix. There was yeah. like a Phoenix war that had nothing oh, yeah, to do with like right. any of the X-Men books. So I'm like, dude, stop. Play with your own toys. You have the <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> right. Quit grabbing all this shit from other books. Just use the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, it seems a little, a little much. Yeah. Um, but I'll set up some of that just because it'll be relevant for what we're reading next week. Um, what hap- what ends up happening here is Kanshu is gone for a while. He's basically banished to the other void um, until he is brought back by other followers of Kanshu. Um, there's like this Kanshu cult that uh, ends up rising up and basically like summoning him back. Okay. Um, is the I, I again I only flipped through that Kanshu book. I did it purely for this podcast. I didn't read it. I just flipped through it to see if I could get the gist. <laughs> okay. Um, so I don't know the full context. It does seem like uh, there's like an evil Moon Knight that they fight in that, and then Mark Mark is like actually trying to stop Kanshu from getting back is what I'm understanding. But gotcha. I, I didn't read it. But what ends up happening in the end, which will become relevant for the next book, is the Avengers, of course, beat Kanshu. You know, they punch him to death. Yeah. 
As you do. They smash him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they Hulk smash. And uh, Khonshu gets imprisoned in Asgard. Okay. Oh, I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's where we leave Khonshu is in in the next run is Mark uh, and Moon Knight and all the personalities are still doing their thing. They're protecting travelers by night, but they're not doing it for Khonshu. They're just doing it because that's what they do. Okay. Um, and the the plot relevance of Khonshu being locked away in Asgard does come up in that because there's like another Moon Knight uh, who wants to like rise up. Like you're not really being Moon Knight. Like Khonshu's imprisoned. Why aren't yeah. you saving him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a cool dynamic there as well, which uh, they'll touch on in the next book. Gotcha. So that is our plan. We're going to be reading a Moon Knight number one through something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, of the current run, which you can find on Marvel Unlimited or go to your comic book store and pick it up because they probably still have those issues. Uh, that is the plan for next time. Until then, we are going to talk about the next three uh, episodes of the show, which I think, unfortunately, this is going to go pretty quickly because I there's not a, these episodes were not my favorite. They're yeah, not and the strongest. And with the ending of the most recent episode, the last... Or- fourth episode it kind of seems like it's not gonna matter about what everything that's just happened yeah it's weird <laughs> Ish, uh, episode four ends with them straight up doing the lemire run yeah which, it which just jumps in- into lemire it's yeah. interesting i don't think they did it right no no it's weird to have that jump in the middle of an episode first of all it's like the the second third of the episode it's worse yeah it's like yeah. halfway through it's weird we'll, we'll get to that one though but it, episode one we were big fans of i liked the pacing of it and they told it in an unconventional way that didn't feel like a marvel thing yeah like they they just kind of showed you little aspects and it was going really fast too like in far as far as pacing while still oh, yeah. kind of keeping things a mystery yeah so it was perfect in that way it was like the best pilot they've had so far yeah um these episodes get very just like plot detail heavy and not in a fun way in like a you need to go to the tomb and get this thing from random guy yeah (laughs) and if you do that then i'll give you the thingy that you need yeah it's it's very like it's written like a uh, mmo quest (laughs) you know what i mean it's like it it almost gets like an indiana jones vibe where they're just like tomb raiding kind of but way less fun oh yeah way less fun (laughs) um i mean there's some good character development in it i guess like there's a uh, one scene that i really liked of like layla talking to mark like when they're finally like talking he's like and she's like i didn't know that you were having these problems like with you know in your mind with like other personalities like we could you could have talked to me about this yeah and he admits like no this has been happening like for a while in my life but i thought i had it under control yeah um so they do acknowledge that yes the uh, stephen grant has existed before it just hasn't like manifested essentially yeah it's probably someone he's been seeing and talking to but he's you know just been trying to shut it out and ignore it yeah exactly um so that, that does bring that up as well so, I mean, I like little scenes like that. They have the character right, I think, at least for yeah, Mark Spector. it works for the most part. Um, but it, it, what they're doing in the show, the actual plot of it, is uh, not my favorite in these episodes. Because it, it, it boils down to they need to find Amit's tomb. Yeah. Which, sure, th- that's uh, interesting enough. Uh, Harrow is going through the desert looking for this tomb, uh, and they're trying to stop him from doing that. We get some very cool visual scenes that are actually kind of ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in order to find this tomb, uh, they need to like use this star map uh, that they used uh, in, in ancient Egypt to kind of like navigate. You kind of hold it up to the sky and use it to figure out where you're going by based on the stars. Yeah. Uh, but they run into this dilemma where, you know, 5,000 years ago, those stars were in a different yeah, place. the stars don't line up. Right. Uh, so, and that's an interesting dilemma. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The science would be different. Yeah, they, the stars move over the years. Yeah. But then the way they solve it is hilarious because Conchu, and it, 
to be fair, it's a good scene. It's oh, cool, yeah. and I liked it. It looks it's there. great. I wouldn't remove it. I just think it's hilarious because it's completely Conchi, unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. Conchi's like, I remember every night very stoically <laughs> in the night in the night desert, and he points his hands up and begins to spin the sky and turn back the night sky. Yeah, it looks dope. It's really cool. Yeah, and, and then again, he's like, I'm a fan. Oh, well, by the way, this is gonna make me become like in prison. And so that's gonna be a problem. Tell Mark to save me because without <laughs> yeah. me, he will have no power. Yep. Uh. Someone should have told Conchu there's an app for that. Yeah. Or like <laughs> some basic equations. <laughs> I, I understand none of them are astronomers necessarily. Yeah. But that would have been a Google search. Yeah. They spent about <laughs> a minute thinking about other alternatives. All you got to do is Google, is there a way to find out where stars were a long time ago? Yeah. And you'll find the top answer from some mathematician. Yeah. Just do the math. Yeah. <laughs> there's some pretty easy math. Like that's all astronomy is basically is math. Yeah. So you can figure out anything just by calculating. Still it. look cool though. So it, we'll get that's that. what I mean. Is I I'm not complaining about the scene because I'm happy it's there. Because without it, it would have been a very visually boring episode. Oh, definitely. And I will take that every time. And and it's actually it doesn't even like not make sense because it is believable that Mark or at that point Stephen. Oh yeah. Uh, Layla or Kanshu, none of them know astronomy. No, so they probably didn't even think of it. Conchu I mean, doesn't they would have to know a little bit. Like Layla's, uh, like she was an archaeologist with her dad. Like she should have said something. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, either way, though. I don't know if I would have figured it out. And I mean, not that she's not. I mean, she's obviously smarter than me. But like, if it's not your field, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Either way, it looked cool. I can believe that she forgot. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll roll with that. Um, and and Kanchu doesn't know what a smartphone is. I believe that he is like sure. This is the only way to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and then with the end with the context now, like now we have to decide or figure out if that was just a like a part of a breadcrumb laid by Kanchu to be like, see, I'm doing this huge favor. Like, did you have to trust me? I I would believe that because that sounds like Kanchu, but impri- him being in prison because of it seems like too much. I feel like no. Would- I feel like that was just a bluff. Like he's not actually in prison. Oh, maybe. Like, that that's only if you want to roll with the idea that that Harrow, Ethan Hawke, like, isn't the actual villain, and you want to actually do the whole Lemire I hope they and make do, Kanshu the villain. I do hope they turn it around and have Kanshu. I mean, they, they they definitely haven't played him as, like, a good guy. They definitely very... They still could at this point. Yeah, I mean, they, he, they could turn him around, like, uh, Captain America uh, style and just have the villain come in and not be that bad, but I hope yeah. they don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like... And I, I, that why I would prefer Kanchu to be like twist and be kind of like the one who you have you have to fight at the end is because Harrow is uh, interesting, but I don't know if he's interesting because he's an antagonist. No, no. Like I don't think we, you need to have him be the person that you go up against for him to work as a character because Ethan Hawke's just gonna you know slay every scene anyway. Exactly. No he's, you... Yeah, he's just like a cool character, like yeah. aesthetically. So yeah. You, so I don't think you need to do that. I think twisting it to have Kanchu be the the antagonist at the end would be the way to go, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. Um, they're doing some interesting things, hinting at what I assume is Jake Lockley, but maybe not. Yeah. Because they're kind of like, there's this third personality that there's this mystery brewing of this third personality that is like a murderous. You know. <laughs> yeah, he gets real stabby. Yeah, because there's a part where like he, uh, he, he kind of wakes up from this, what we know is the transition between uh uh, the visual representation between the personalities. Yeah. And he it's just stabbed two people. And, and uh, Mark he looks at the reflection. He's like, Stephen, what did you do? He's like, that wasn't me. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's Jake Lockley, but that's only because Jake Lockley is the only personality that they have is canon that we don't know about yet. Yeah, yeah. But this also doesn't seem in character for Jake Lockley. Yeah, unless... I unless saw someone talking about... I think there might be some Moon Knight comic where there's like a an evil Jake Lockley. Oh, there might be. Or, like, or some shit like that. So, so there's some people that were saying they were worried that they were going to do that take or something it, like it that. It could be. That that sounds like a Brian Michael Bendis thing, so that might be. Yeah. Um, 
so I mean, maybe that's or maybe the, not evil, but like barbaric, a, a Jake little Lockley. stabby, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and any means necessary, Jake Lockley. Right. And you know, I guess you could do that, Jake Lockley. Yeah, because I mean, Jake Lockley does need to be changed a little bit to be adapted for modern day. Yeah, because we talked like, about this last time. You can't just be an Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't just be a taxi driver getting hints off the street. At least like, not in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of got aged out. Yeah, uh, so they they might go with something entirely different just yeah. to keep it very distinct. Yeah, just um, a cutthroat assassin. And they changed Stephen pretty drastically, so maybe they'll yeah. change. Yeah, so Definitely. maybe they'll change this one. Um, but where we leave things is they track down the tomb, which ends up, it, it's this very kind of uncharted style, uh, thing where they're going through and like, look at all this history. Yeah. And we found the tomb of Alexander the Great. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, neat. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is, it's kind of cool in a vacuum. But yeah. And that scene, it makes the, the grave robbing a little more palatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it's less, it, it, you just cult, this whole, it's like the cultural appropriation tomb. So fuck it. <laughs> right. Come here, Alexander. Fuck this dude. <laughs> Um, but where we end episode four is uh, Harrow catches up to him in the tomb. Like that's why I'm comparing it to Uncharted. Yeah, this is exactly what happens in those games. Exactly. We found the thing using hard work. The enemy just got Thanks here. Thanks for finding it for us. <laughs> <laughs> like instantly. <laughs> They're always right behind them. Yeah. <laughs> like less than a day's travel away. Oh yeah. Uh, um, and it ends with uh, Mark getting shot and yeah. Layla. Uh, did she run away? I don't remember. I think she ran away. Yeah, I think she gets away somehow, maybe. Oh, and then she learns the truth about uh, Mark from yeah, Harrow, yeah. that that he was a mercenary, and he didn't kill her father, but he was he there. He watched when, it happen, yeah. When I assume Bushman, or if Bushman's gone, whoever the, so, the replacement the Bushman is. The Bushman fill in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is actually the one who killed him. Yeah. Uh, but still, he lied about it the whole time, and it's implied that that's how he met Layla as well. Layla wasn't at the dig site, or else she would know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th- it's implied that maybe he tracked down Layla. Went to the funeral or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and then that's where he met her, which is even, like, that's Right yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a bad detail. Yep. Because <laughs> she realizes that at the end, it's like, that's how we met. Yeah. Ooh. That's a bad, that, that's, that's a bad not good. Start. Yeah. Um, but that's when we cut instantly. And keep in mind, this is like you said, two thirds into the episode. Yeah. We cut instantly to Mark waking up in this all white, almost too white uh, yeah, yeah. mental hospital. I, it like hurt my eyes. Yep. Um, <laughs> Where it's 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 almost exactly like the Jeff Lemire run, oh, except yeah. this place is much more like glowing white walls instead of being like this run down. Yeah, like, it looks way more artificial. Yeah, which I I wish it. I don't know. I, I don't like the way it looks visually. And I, I don't think either. It just it's boring. It, I feel like it's and it's offensive to my eyeballs. It's a little <laughs> bit of the digital like uh, effect for sure, but yeah, they definitely overtoned it way too much. Yeah, I wish they would have just like shot it at a very like one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of looking place. Yeah, like, make it look like grimier. Yeah, definitely because the glowing walls. Yeah, it looks like they're literally in like heaven. It, like, that's what it, it looks like. Yeah, it looks they're like they're in, in heaven. holy palace. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if I like the aesthetic of it, but it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but the way they're playing it is also like it, the reason why I think that arc works is because they. Even though it is only four issues, it does feel like it's paced in a way where, like, it's not. It doesn't immediately start with him sprinting out the front door. Yeah, yeah. Which is where we're at here. Like, he's instantly so lucid that he remembers everything. Yeah. Which I don't like that, especially. And they, they basically just have him drugged to the point where, like, he can't walk. So it's you're not going to get a lot there. Right. Because uh, the first thing he remembers is like, oh, Harrow shot me. Like, and then he goes and tracks down the other personalities pretty quickly as well. Yeah. Um, yeah so like I- Layla's there too, and then. Uh, 
I'm sure we'll get Crawley or some shit like that too. Yep. And there's no way that Jeff Lemire or Greg Small would get credited or get any money for this. Or they might get credited, they'll, but there's no way a, they get money. Yeah, they'll get a special thanks or at the end. Special of thanks for letting us steal your work. <laughs> uh, so it, it's just weird because it's the way they pace it. It's interesting enough because you get Harrow as the Doctor replacing Amit. Yeah. Uh, which is perfect because he's yeah. the avatar of Amit. It works. Uh. So and him standing in for the Doctor is a really good because then you get more Ethan Hawke scenes and it's him playing a different character in a way, yeah, which is really cool because you get uh, you get to see that like a different take on like Ethan Hawke playing this other version of him, yep. Um, but I just I don't know I, I don't like how it's paced I don't like where it is in the middle of the episode like that yeah and it feels like we're gonna leave very quickly as well yeah I feel like it's only gonna be like a first or two-thirds of the next episode i think if you're gonna do like uh, an adaptation of the lemire story you really gotta let it breathe oh yeah and i think you should open up the episode with that like what they should have done if if i'm gonna be script doctor here is i would have uh ended the episode with mark getting shot yeah and layla you know you can leave that as a cliffhanger what did layla do yeah um and then next episode instantly snap right to waking up in the hospital because then you get that whole week too where everyone's like did mark die you get the whole tv build up as well yeah like it's a win-win for everybody yeah the worst part is i feel like it's just a time constraint where like they just didn't have the time to devote a whole episode to it i mean they could have they could have cut out like the horse fight oh definitely (laughs) yeah that jousting scene was horrible like (laughs) i I, i'm i'm not going to advocate for less scenes of moon knight because we barely we don't even get that many because now he's lost his powers yeah um but the, the, I need him to fight something that's going to be like have some relevance. Exactly. <laughs> a bunch of guys on horses with sticks who are just there. Yep. Uh, sure. Even though this guy is implied to be like a collector. So I don't know why all these people who are teaching him how to ride horses are suddenly like, yeah, let's stab him for you. <laughs> right. They're not only like his uh, weapon trainers are just like these secret mercenaries. Yeah. Go around on horses with spears. Yeah. I'm going to risk my life for this asshole. And if he and if they are like his is. Like if they work for him and they're slash bodyguards, why don't yeah. they just have a gun? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why are they fighting him like medieval? <laughs> what is happening? It's yeah. It's a very weird scene, and I think that episode sadly was edited and changed several times because I found Probably. out that the, the actor playing the yeah he died he, he yeah. died in a skiing accident, so yep. that is very sad. I, I imagine that he was maybe going to be in it more. Yeah. So I remember reading a rumor that they were actually going to have him be the Midnight Man. Okay. So that would have made sense. Yeah. So, so they might have changed a lot of it, which is why that episode might seem pretty weird. True. Yeah. And why they instantly cut to this different plot. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Didn't think about that. So that could be part of it. I don't know the timing or the context of any of that, but it's just a speculation. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to see where these last two episodes take us. Um. Because I think they really got to stick the landing for me to come out feeling positive about this show as a yeah, whole. For sure. Because, I mean, go back and listen to our last episode. We were very hyped for this. Like, I'm not going in as a downer. I, no, went, yeah. I went in being like, finally, here's a show I can really get excited about. Right. And uh, the last couple of episodes kind of floundered around a little before me. So, yeah. Um, one positive thing to end it, though, is I will call out the music. Fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. The music is amazing in yeah, this. Yes, definitely. So, I, I really appreciate that. Some good choices there. But, uh, like I said, we'll have more to talk about next time when we can talk about the show as a whole. Um, and see where they're going with this adaptation of the Lemire story. Yeah, because right now it's all pretty up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. So yeah. we're gonna have to see where they go with that. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess that's pretty much it. I don't know why they had Mark lose his powers if they want to have if they wanted to have a cool Moon Knight fight scene that mattered you you ruined it because <laughs> you could have done it in the temple and it would have been perfect yep uh oh god but whatever yeah uh so we're going to talk about that next like i said next week we're going to be reading the uh the current run of moon knight uh i don't know the creative team off the top of my head so we'll go over it next time uh and then we're going to be watching the final two episodes of the show and then we'll find out where we landed on that and then yep. i think after that we're going to be doing some dr strange stuff so mm-hmm. 
check back in. Uh, we're going on a Marvel tear for a little bit, and then we'll be at, uh, maybe go to some uh, independent stuff. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. So we'll do that after Doctor Strange. Once the uh, we're, we're kind of in that area where like you know, summer is, is a lot of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And we skipped Batman. We didn't do all of it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, Batman was great. Oh, Batman's really good. If yeah, you want to know our opinion on that. Fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have that much to say about it or break down. I'm just like, yeah, it fucking ruled, man. Yeah. I don't know what... Just don't... on all fronts, it's pretty good. I, I think that's part of the reason why we sometimes avoid the the uh, recent releases for yeah. movies that are actually, like, good or worse, just flat and just they exist. Exactly, yeah. Like, because what are we going to say about it on a podcast <laughs> at a time when everyone is talking about it? <laughs> exactly. There's nothing yeah. unique you're going to get there. No, no. <laughs> so that's usually why we avoid it, but... There might be some books that interest us enough to do Doctor Strange live, so we'll see. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But that'll be it for this episode. Join us next time for more Knights of the Moon. Oh, yes. Yes.